Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. Today I am sharing myself. I am not interviewing anyone and answering the question that I received from a follower over on Instagram of what advice I have for a newly divorced person. So male or female, doesn't matter. The work that we have is often the same. And it's just that inner work. And although divorce isn't everyone's path, I hope it is this gigantic opportunity for us to really get to know ourselves and to love ourselves on a very new level. I thought I loved myself while I was married, but when you are alone, you got to learn to love yourself in a very different way. So with that, let me start with the top 10 things that I would recommend, uh, you know, and are prepared for as a newly divorced person. And truly I could go on for longer than this. I'm only two and a half years in, So uh, I imagine in 10 years, I would say something different, but I think these are a really great start. And um, my own experience with divorce was just watching family and friends go through it. And I really didn't understand. I, I remember thinking that my sisters were so strong as single moms that they could take care of their kids and not receive child support or alimony and just I remember thinking I could never do that. And you know, when you ever, you say I could never do that. Uh, it's just giving yourself that dang opportunity. It's so cool. So yeah, I'm doing it, doing it guys. Uh, so let's start with number one, let yourself feel all the emotions, the good, the bad, the, uh, and the ugly, because there's going to be some ugly emotions. Uh, I'm a big fan of journaling. I know a lot of you are not because you're afraid someone's going to see it. But one of my friends, Kim, who did a podcast with me years ago about journaling, she said something that really hit and stuck with me. Her mom kept a journal. She was a single mom and her mom wrote the good, the bad, the ugly. And when the kids were older, um, the mom gave them the journal so they could look at them. And she said, it just opened her eyes as to what her mom was actually going through while she was growing up and, you know, mad at her mom or whatever, she had no idea what her mom was actually dealing with. And she could finally see her as this person rather than her mom. And so I just think now who cares if someone finds it? I don't hide my journal very well. (laughs) And if my kids see it, my kids see it. And it's okay if they see that I have a range of emotions because they get to see me working and growing and, and living. So, um, the next thing, number two is 
when you are co-parenting and not all of us are in that situation. You might have full custody. You may have 80, 20. I don't know. I have 50, 50. So I'm speaking from my own experience. And then I get to mentor women who are going through divorce and, and see how they're doing it as well. And what I have found is something called the gray rock method that works for most of us. And it really is just be boring. Gray rocks are super boring. And you have to remember that when you are ending a relationship, it's ending a friendship as well. So someone that you used to go to for the good and excitement of life and someone you went to for the hard emotional days where you're tired and you're just need to talk and you're giving those things up and saying, you are no longer my person. And so there's kind of a transition period that I went through and I saw and see women go through as well. Some take a little bit longer and some are really quick. <laughs> and so it's your own journey and you get to decide what yours looks like. Um, but the untethering of that friendship emotionally and physically is incredibly important for you to move forward and to co-parent in a way that makes your future self proud. And so something that really stuck with me is that I wanted to make my future self proud. I wanted to show up for me five down, five years down the road who would say, oh, you handled that in a, a mature way. You didn't handle that with your emotion. You used your logic, you used your gut and, and were able to work with this co-parent and um, another thing is to make it, make sure that you're making it about the kids. Sometimes I would think I was making it about the kids, but when I really broke it down, I would see that I was reacting in emotion or I was reacting in <laughs> projecting, you know, the pain that had happened to me and worried that it was going to happen to my children, uh, which is probably the most common thing I hear is women trying to protect their children from being hurt like they were. And we just, you know, we can do our best, but, but that's uh, not something we can control. And so I have found that, you know, we're two and a half years into co-parenting. We do great 90, 98% of the time. Um, do we both speak boundaries and, and kind of check in with each other here and there? Yes. Um, when things are not working or we feel like, Maybe it's a sub subconscious thing. So the other day, I'll give you an example. Um, when I go on vacation, I found that I was getting text messages that could have waited until I got home um, from their my kid's dad. And so in, I was frustrated and I was upset because it's happened so many times. But instead of getting mad like I wanted to, I... Um, we had a, you know, we have a quarterly FaceTime call where we go through our schedule and kind of catch up on the kids. And I just said, Hey, I don't know if this is something that you're doing consciously. I think it is subconscious and I don't think there is ill intent. However, I do see a pattern and I need it to stop. And here's the pattern. When I go on vacation, you send texts that usually cause an argument or take me out of my headspace and into solving a problem over here. I can't have that anymore unless the kids need me or there's something that's important. It can wait. And he was great. He just said, yeah, I haven't noticed that pattern, but yeah, now that you say it, it's there and I will stop. And for me to speak, that was a big deal. <laughs> me not speaking it gave me cold sores and a, a bad cough because I was not using my voice and blocking that chakra. So be boring and speak up for yourself. 
Um, number three is love yourself through elevated self-care and rituals. So in my women's groups of betrayal and divorce, I teach the women how important self-care is. I'm really good at self-care. I'm not going to lie. And it's because I wanted more than anything to be someone who was consistent and dedicated to taking care of myself so that I can have a fantastic life now and down the road. And obviously it's not going to prevent everything, but I have mobility. I have movement. I have a clear head. I have so many of these great benefits because I choose to take care of myself so that I can take care of others. Right. So, um, what I call basic self-care is brushing your teeth, eating food, going to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom, washing your hair, taking a shower. These are things that you do every day. If you're doing basic self-care. Now, if you want to take it up a level, I call that elevated self-care. Those are things like, Hey, maybe I know that it feels so good when I go walk down by the lake. So that's an elevated self-care. It takes a little bit more time for me. I have to kind of plan ahead, um, getting a massage, going to get a pedicure, going to lunch with a friend, maybe going, um, maybe calling the doctor and going to see the doctor. We all hate doing that, but that's elevated self-care. So really it's, what are the things that can refill your cup? Basic self-care is just basic. These are the things to help us function, but elevated is like pouring into ourselves again. So sitting in a hammock, I could think of a million ideas and they might not ever fit you. So you got to think of your own ideas, um, but make them rituals. So I do a lot of, like I have a night, a bath often, and it's very full of rituals. I'm burning candles. I have tub treats. I dim the lights. I have music or I'm watching a movie. Um, I have bath salts and bath, bath bombs. I make it an experience because this is usually when I don't have my children and I don't have a date. And so it's just me time. Okay. Number four, find patterns that bring you up and patterns that bring you down. Oh, so this goes for any person in life, but especially when you are a single parent or single person, you have got to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people who are bringing you up. You're already in a season of slump. And so surrounding yourself with people who are also in a slump is definitely harder. Uh, you don't have a lot of space to give. And so this was a time in my life where I hired a lot of help and they continue to be, um, people who work for me now running groups and, and my online assistants and things because I couldn't do more than what I was already doing. Um, so those were things that were taking me down. I found ways to help me bring myself up and continue to do the things that I was already doing. Um, I lost some friends through it, um, which is, it is what it is. Friendships are seasons and not everyone lasts forever. Uh, and I made a lot of new friends and that brings me into the next one. Um, go, find single friends, <laughs> um, find single friends that you can go out with on. For me, I found a pattern that brought me down was Friday nights. And I just felt so alone when I didn't have my children and like everyone was out having fun <laughs> without me and I had FOMO. And when I would go out to events, like I would go skating at night and, you know, I had a couple friends, but like not really friends. We weren't meeting up or anything. I just felt almost more lonely. So I stopped skating for a long time because I felt it brought me down instead of bringing me up. Uh, so I, I ended up 
buying a burger called the Dan Kelly peanut butter, jelly, jalapeno bacon. And I would order that and eat it at home in the bathtub (laughs) every other Friday. And that was my ritual. And uh, until I found friends who wanted to go out on a Friday night, that's what I did. And then when I started dating Friday nights, (laughs) that's when I wanted to go on a date. Um, And for me, it's important to find single friends only because I still have married friends. Absolutely. But they don't understand what it is like to be divorced or to be single and dating. In fact, sometimes they're shocked at what single dating looks like as an adult. And so to have someone who's actually going through it with you or who's been there is important um, for you to feel understood and not like you're crazy. Um, okay. The next one is to find support through a group or through therapy, because you're just not meant to do this alone. And it gives you an opportunity to learn from the relationship, to see things that maybe were right in front of your face and things that you want to change. Um, having, um, I'm a big fan of support groups because you may go and say, this week's been really great. I didn't have any triggers or anything that was hard. It was really great. And then you sit and you listen to other people check in and you realize, okay, I'm learning from these people who have very different stories. Maybe they had a really hard week, but I'm learning from it. That's something you can't get in therapy. I love therapy. I still choose to go to therapy here and there, but I don't learn in the same way. It is very focused on me and my perspective and It's just a beautiful concept to look at different perspectives so that you can find more clarity in your own life. So big fan. Um, The next one, number seven, I think we're on is ask friends to help. (laughs) Um, Okay. I didn't finish. Ask friends to help you set up a dating profile. (laughs) And this is because you need other people to help you see what maybe you don't see. And so I had my friends, um, actually when I was in Iceland, I didn't actually set up my dating profile, but we wrote out what I wanted to say and how I wanted to describe myself in a more positive way. So, um, it makes me remember, let think, let me think. Uh, I said, I love when people can make me laugh so hard. I cry and to hear my friends like, okay, but let's say it like this instead. if you can, you know, if you can make me laugh so hard, I cry. It was something positive, like you win or, you know, where, so then everyone's funny. They're trying to be funny around me and it's all entertainment for me. And I'm just happy and love it. Um, but it gives you an opportunity to showcase different parts of yourself and see maybe yourself through other people's eyes. And then, you know, you can edit it the way you want. One thing I'm going to say that is so important that I think almost everyone jumps into is do not get on a dating app. If you are not divorced and not prepared to date, uh, the algorithm of the dating apps is they feed you the best people and your best matches the first two weeks that you're on the app. So if you get on and you're like six months away from getting divorced and you're not ready to date, but you just want to like scope it out. That's what everyone says. I just wanted to scope it out you're going to see all these great matches and not be able to actually date them. You may never even see them again. And guess what? If they're not single in six months, it doesn't matter. So just wait, wait till you're ready. And you're going to be scared when you're ready. Um, but it's okay. Dating. I have a whole episode on 
entering the dating world as an adult. And I should probably do a part two because I'm still learning. And it has been the most beautiful season of my life because I'm learning and growing at a faster rate than I ever did before. There's, it's just different. I don't know. I love it. Um, it's also weird. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Number eight is to date yourself, love yourself and dance for yourself. Um, somebody said on my Instagram, become your, the best lover to yourself. And I think that's really beautiful because, I mean, we can go into the sex side of that, but to be able to not have to shut yourself down and to still remain a sexual being male or female, but in a healthy way and to not crave the opposite sex or the sex you're interested in, in a way that is negative, you know, like I can love and think someone is beautiful, including myself without having to go to this lustful place of, I don't even know this person. Right. So for me, it was a really beautiful stage to step into and to learn to love myself in all new ways um, to date myself. So I still go to lunch and dinner and breakfast alone. A lot of times. And I have a boyfriend, uh, I still do a lot of things alone. I travel alone. I hike alone. I skate alone. Um, there's plenty of things that you can do alone. And I like the ability that I have to be alone with myself and my thoughts. And I also thrive in a relationship. So I uh, don't get stuck in that belief that you have to be like a hundred percent. Okay. Alone. You should definitely love yourself alone and date yourself alone and be okay alone. But if you wait until you're a hundred percent, you're probably going to be waiting forever because there's always going to, for most of us, there's a piece that we just long for the end of the night. Like, wow, today was a really long, hard day. I could really use a hug. I could really use someone to just talk to fall into. That is the part of relationships. that uh, One of the parts that I love a lot. Uh, number nine, get good at asking for help and receiving, uh, especially for uh, single moms. It is a really fine line. It's a trick to stay in our feminine and to stay in that place of, um, well, I guess I've seen both. I've seen the very needy and I only take and I only receive single moms who have, maybe they're unfortunate and they got hosed in their divorce and have nothing, which I hate that for them. Um, they have no job or they have no skill set that they can get a job, that type of thing. Um, there's a season and I've seen women step out of that season. Uh, and then I have the season of women who are maybe in my court who have a job and who can do a lot of things on their own. And, um, I'm, I don't need a man, but I want a man and there is a difference. And I, so I'm so afraid I'm going to be needy that I say no to everything. <laughs> so when my boyfriend says, Hey, can I mow your lawn for the last year and a half? And I say, no, I got this. I've done it since I was you know, 12 years old. I can also say, yes, thank you. And I don't guess what I did today. Today I said yes. And I said, thank you lots and lots because it really is really, really nice to have him helping me and for me to receive and practice again, being okay, asking for help when I needed it. And so 
you're going to need help, especially those who maybe you have your kids full time or you have them 50% of the time. I don't know what, how often you have your children, but a lot of us need babysitters to go on a date or babysitters to go to work, or I just want to get out of town. We need a break. And that was one of them that I um, wrote down as well is um, making sure that you have some type of away time from your children, no matter what your circumstance is. Only because uh, it's interesting. I asked my boyfriend, he's dated another gal who's been married and divorced and with children. And he said, you, I just, I could see how important it was for you both to have time away from your children, to be you again. And, um, he would start to see me like he saw me for four months before he met my kids. He saw this version of me, but when he saw me as a mom, when he finally got to meet my kids and he'd say like every week, it's like you go back and forth between mom mode and Ashlyn mode. And, um, at first it scared me like, wait, I'm a whole different person. What? And he said, no, you just don't have that. Like the, maybe the emotional burden of, I got to make sure I've got this, this is all the things I get a week break. And so as horrible as divorce is and, and custody and not having my children, there has become this thing that I actually do enjoy this time now away from my kids where they get to spend this one-on-one time with their dad that they love. And I get to spend time one-on-one time with me and my friends and boyfriend and maybe work more or, or get things organized around the house. Like this week, I'm doing tons of retreat stuff for my Iceland retreat. I'm just leaving things out. I couldn't do that with my kids home or my dog here because they're going to get all into it. And so, um, just making sure you figure that out, figure it out, find someone who can take your kids at some point, uh, quarterly. And that goes for people who are married too. I'm not going to lie. Um, Number 10 is something I have my women do in my groups, all of them. And it's always have something to look forward to, even if it's a nap, you got to have something to live for. You got to have purpose and you have to have some joy in your life. And so if you aren't feeling that right now, I don't have anything to look forward to. My life is hard and figure it out. Everything is figure outable. And my guess is the you before this season didn't have a hard time finding something to look forward to. So it can be small. It can be free. It can be one minute long, but every single day have something to look forward to something to live for. I'm going to say bonus. Number 11 is document your history, your progress, because it's hard for yourself to see progress, especially if Oh, you're feeling the pull of I'm dating and it's horrible or it's not going well. Um, it shouldn't be horrible, but it should be annoying. <laughs> um, or I'm just struggling to co-parent or the divorce isn't final yet. And it's so frustrating. Um, document even in a photo, but uh, when I was documenting and I still do, I journal as a tool. So I'm not journaling every single day, but I try to journal and what I found is I found patterns in my journal. I found when I was more emotional during certain hormonal times of the month, and it wasn't at my period, it was before my period. And so being able to find these patterns in myself to see progress, to go back and read a journal and say, wow, I've come a long way in a year. Uh, you know, I, two years ago, I was on 
I didn't want to, to stay alive. And for me to be where I'm at today, where I'm like, ah, I love my life so much is bananas to me. And I, it's, it's important for me to go back and read those, those words that I wrote then because they were so real for me and they are not real for me now. And so I, I appreciate seeing the difference and feeling the difference in growth. So I offer mentoring all online for women around the world who are walking through divorce or the after effects or through betrayal. Um, uh, side note, people ask this all the time. We did not get divorced because of betrayal. We worked through all that. And in the end grew into different people who no longer fit. And so there's that. <laughs> um, I hope that you have the support that you need in whatever stage you're in. Maybe you're 10 years into divorce. Maybe you're 10 days. Maybe you just decided to get divorced today or you're on the fence. Um, and if you are on the fence, I want to remind you, you are the only one with the answers. Nobody else has them for you. And although I wish I could give them to you, I have zero idea what you should do, stay or go. And so if anyone is telling you to stay or go, run away from them because they are not your people. Uh, unless you are in an abusive relationship where it's very obvious you should go, uh, no one should tell you to go except yourself. So listen to that gut, get quiet, and you will find your answers and your clarity. And um, if you are stepping into the dating world, good luck. May the force be with you. It's fantastic. Adult dating is radically different than teenage dating. I'm a fan. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.